Welcome to episode 84. This entry is another short science fiction review covering Alan Dean Foster's 1984 novel Voyage to the City of the Dead. To catch up with my reviews of the previous books in the Hugh Manx Commonwealth series, listen to episode 62 for Midworld, episode 65 for Cashelo, and episode 81 for Nor Crystal Tears. More background information on the book and lots more coverage of classic science fiction can be found at andyjohnson.xyz. For scientists of the Humanx Commonwealth, the planet Horsi is the site of many unexamined wonders. Its unique and dramatic topography has given rise to three distinctive sentient species, who each occupy a specific ecological niche. When a pair of bickering married human scientists set out on an epic journey of exploration, what they find could make their careers, if they survive. Voyage to the City of the Dead is the fourth standalone novel in the Humanx Commonwealth series by Alan Dean Foster. It combines some aspects of the previous three books, the deadly fauna of Midworld, the aquatic settings of Cachalo, and the interspecies relationships of Norcrystal Tears. While on one level the book is a relatively straightforward science fiction adventure, it also features interesting speculations about geology, ecology, and alien cultures. What initially seems like a minor side story in Foster's fictional universe ultimately ends with some major revelations of galactic significance. The novel is set quite early in the history of the Humanx Commonwealth, only 106 years after the union between the mammalian human and insectoid Thranx species. The novel opens at Steamer Station, a facility established by Commonwealth scientists. The station is crewed mainly by Thranx, who are quite content there, but for human scientists Etienne and Lyra Redowl, the situation is frustrating. The Commonwealth has given Horseye the planetary designation of Class 4b, which forbids any exploration of the surface without approval from local leaders. Because no such approval has been given, geologist Etienne and xenologist Lyra are stuck at the station, unable to proceed further. When permission is suddenly granted, the scientists are thrust into an epic journey that pushes their skills, their technology, and their marriage to its limits. Using a sophisticated hydrofoil boat, the Red Owls venture out from Steamer Station. Their journey takes them up the vast river Scar, which flows through an immense chasm, the largest in Commonwealth space. Along the way, they plan to study the planet's geology and its three sentient humanoid species, the competitive Mai, the ostensibly pacifist Sla, and the brutal Na. It is from these three peoples that the planet takes its local name, Sla Minor. To a large extent, Voyage to the City of the Dead is an adventure novel. Its basic structure is an epic journey over dangerous terrain. It could be called Foster's counterpart to earlier river-based stories like Conrad's Heart of Darkness from 1899 or Forrester's The African Queen from 1935. One difference is the enormous scale of the setting and its impact on the characters that the Red Owls meet along the way. The three alien species are diverse in their physiology, culture and in the way they relate to humans. Here, Foster again explores a recurring theme of his, that a creature should not be judged merely by the way it looks. Similarly, no group can be judged by the actions of any one individual.
The characters were not the strongest aspect of earlier Humanx Commonwealth books, but Etienne and Lyra are an engaging pair of leads. Their dysfunctional relationship and differing goals feel believable, and they are far from an idealised couple. The aliens are a little less compelling, but Foster makes up for this with intriguing descriptions of Horsey's unique environment. Also, there are some compelling action sequences on and off the water, as the explorers encounter aggressive locals and some lethal fauna that recall the vicious creatures depicted in Midworld. The story makes a fairly abrupt shift in its final pages. While some might find this change of direction to be jarring, it greatly expands the scope of the story and invokes a powerful sense of wonder. Suddenly the book encompasses something far larger than the ambitions of Etienne and Lyra, and which ties into the wider Commonwealth universe. If Foster's intention was to hook readers into the wider story, then in this case, he succeeded. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can find more of my writing in text and audio form at my site andyjohnson.xyz. You can also find me on Twitter at andyjohnsonuk, and you can support me at patreon.com slash andyjohnson. Catch you next time.